Hey, what's going on, y'all? How's everybody doing? How's everybody enjoying their uh, Monday so far? Uh, my Monday's not too bad. You know what I mean? Uh, Monday's not always my favorite day of the week, but I'm starting to try to learn how to maintain and have a better attitude about my Mondays and things of that nature. So uh, I hope everyone's having a great Monday. Just thank you for joining me for another episode of the Just Ivan Jr. podcast. So today, I really wanted to uh, talk about, and this is actually something I'm kind of passionate about too. Well, I feel like I'm passionate about a lot of things, but I'm also passionate about this as well. For this episode, episode 43, talking about how we, <clears throat> how to read the Bible, right? And I feel like church, well, I don't want to make a broad general statement, but I feel like uh, churches need to explain more, especially to new believers, and some churches do do this, obviously, so that's why I said I don't want to make a, a general statement, but I feel like we can do a lot better at learning how to actually, you know, or teach people in the congregation or new believers, or even people that are not even really followers of Jesus, but wants to learn more about the Bible, more about the faith, things like that, and really teach people how to read the Bible. Um, I think that's something that's uh, really important, and for new people, like reading the Bible is once you actually learn how to read, I feel feel like it's not a hard book to read. That certain things can be challenging, right? Some things can be convicting and stuff like that. So I, I get where that's coming from. But it's not a book that you just hear say here and read. You know what I mean? It's not like I feel like growing up, it was just like, yeah, you need to read it. Like, or yeah, here, read this, right? But I never was really taught growing up in church, like how to actually read it or what things mean or what culture and context means stuff like that so especially for like even teenagers or even like young adults when they look at the bible like they just look at it and be like uh i don't know what this stuff means or i don't know what how this is relatable to today or i don't know how why this is important things of that nature right so i just want to quickly talk about how to read the bible like some quick steps like some quick basic steps on how to actually read the Bible and how you can actually understand it and learn more about it and things like that. Because that's something that needs to be taught, especially to people that are new to the faith or people who just gave their life to Christ. Like new people like who, you know, just gave their lives, right? Salvation. And, and even for people that, you know, that are not even following Christ, that wants to understand more about the Bible and just learn more about the Bible. I think these are important things to actually learn how to read it. So that way we actually know how to read it, right? And also we learn because once you actually know how to read it, it's actually, the Bible is actually fun to read. And especially if you're a Christian, how we actually grow our relationship with Christ, get closer to Christ, right? And before I say this, I'm not saying all these things are wrong, right? Before I, before I say this statement, right? So Really, and how we get closer to God, you know, not obviously praying, nothing wrong with praying, right? Nothing wrong with that. Or going to Sunday service, right? Nothing wrong with that. Going to Sunday service, you know, hearing the pastor speak, because one of the pastor's main job is to teach the Bible, communicate what the Bible says, things like that, right? But those two things, or even uh, for some people who are even crazy, like, oh, just Listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to do. No. Okay. 
the best way to connect with Christ, right? Grow your relationship with Jesus. Learn more about him and learn actually what he says is actually reading the Bible. And I think people avoid that because they never taught the importance of it. Or they think it's an easier way around it instead of just reading this book, right? And it not. How you actually get closer to Christ is the Bible. And if you notice, people in people in Scripture, right? Yes, you had prophets who had personal encounters with God, right? But those were specific people chosen. That wasn't everybody in the Old Testament before Jesus came and the Holy Spirit came on. It wasn't everybody. Like, not everybody had... God didn't talk to everybody back then, you know, in ancient Israel and stuff like that. He only talked to specific chosen prophets that he spoke to them and then they spoke to everybody else in the nation of Israel and stuff like that. Then, when it came to the original apostles and, and Paul, you know, Christ did speak to them specifically, right? But how they actually learned about it was scripture. How they learned about the history of the Israelites was scripture that was written down and jesus he taught from the bible jesus often talked from the prophets and stuff like that because remember in the new testament at the time there was no new testament they only were preaching from the old testament because the new testament was being written so all they had access was the old testament and that's how god that's how God speaks. So the Bible is really important. That's how we actually know about what God says to us. That's how we actually get closer to him. That's how we actually learn and grow in our faith is by reading the word. And it's really important for us to make sure that we read our Bibles. And I think sometimes we're, we're very uh, sketchy about that. It's because we don't know how to read it. Like, you can look at this and be like, I don't know what any of this stuff, it, it can be confusing when you're just looking at it for the first time and even intimidating. So that's why I really wanted to have this quick episode so I could at least help people understand how to read their Bible. So that way they can actually learn more about Christ, grow more in a relationship with him. And the more you dig into your Bible, the more your relationship with Christ will actually grow. And it might seem weird, but that was the point of, that's the point of us having scripture, having Bibles for us. That's the whole point. Now, the Bible wasn't written directly to us, but it was written for us. Okay? So it was written for everybody to read and to learn about Christ and to learn about the ancient Israelites before, the prophets and stuff like that and how the world started and all this other different stuff. So it was written for us to learn these things. So we really need to make sure that we are reading our word. And I think the reason why a lot of people don't read their word because, they, you know, they think it's boring. When there's a lot of lot of stuff that's happening in the Bible happens today. Obviously, the culture and context is going to be different. I'm going to talk about a little bit about that in a little while. But it's happening today. You have violence that's happening in the Bible. People having sex and getting it in that's in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? There's drama and things in the Bible. Like, there's actually, the Bible, like, we read stories and certain history and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some parts of it that can be boring that's not, like, you know, like, the parts I'm not super, like, interested in is, like, the genealogy stuff. Like, it's super important, though. Don't get me wrong. The genealogy and that stuff's important. The lineage of Jesus and stuff like that, that's important, right? But that stuff, like, that stuff doesn't really interest me as much. Some people love it. That part don't really interest me as much. But 
there's a lot of entertaining stuff that happens in the Bible, but we just look at it and it's like it's so you know just old and it's hard and stuff like that. So let's talk about real quickly some quick steps on how to um, read your word. So first and foremost, make sure you get a study Bible. Let's start with that. Now, some people when they ask for a Bible to new people, right? They just give them any Bible, any easy Bible to read. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but if it's not a study Bible, people want to read it and be like, I don't understand this. Like, are they talking to me? Are they talking literal? Like, I don't understand, like, what's going on here, things like that. So I say, just get a study Bible. You can go on Amazon, and they got two NIV study Bibles for like 28 bucks. Now, they got other study Bibles that are more expensive, but it's really worth the money because the whole purpose of a study Bible is they actually break down what's going on in the chapter. Like, I'm talking about each book of the Bible even tells you what it's about, who is it written to, what time it was written in, and stuff like that. So it gives you clarity of, you know, what's going on. It's giving you, like, for example, hold on, let me, uh, uh, hold on one second. Hold on. So, for instance, this is my Bible, okay? This is an ESV study Bible, all right? So, for instance, like, this is the book of Psalms. And before you read the book of Psalms, it has a whole breakdown layout about the title of the book of Psalms, the theme of it, right, the occasion, the date of the book, right, what it is about, who is it written for, who is it written to, things of that nature, right? It gives you a whole breakdown. And the whole point of that is, so that way, before you read it, you can understand the whole purpose and everything right of the book of the Bible. I mean, the book that's in the Bible. So that way, as you're reading it, you already have an understanding of what you're reading. It's already setting the tone for what you're reading. So you're just not reading something just to read it. You're getting a more understanding of it, right? And then also, when you're in, uh, when you're reading the books, it gives you these footnotes at the bottom. Like this. See this? They give you footnotes at the bottom, right? So pretty much, it's breaking down verse by verse, like what's going on, what's the meaning, all this and that, to help you understand it. And that's why I want, especially for new believers or people that's really new and trying to get to the Bible, you have to make sure you get a study Bible. So that way it helps you understand the Bible more. Okay, so get a study Bible. That's, that's the first and foremost, right? Get a study Bible. Not just a regular Bible. Not, obviously, it's not wrong. But if you're really trying to actually learn, <clears throat> get a study Bible. And then also study Bibles will give you maps of geography of the places that they're mentioned in. They'll even give you like, okay, well, this was uh, back in the day. This was uh, this. It was called this, but now it's called Turkey. You know what I'm saying? Like now it's called this. You know what I mean? Like it'll give you breakdowns on that. It'll tell you the history. Like, what time period? Was it B.C., A.D.? Like, all that stuff is important. So that way you get an understanding before you even read the book. So you can, all right, I know what time period this is. And then also, it will also break down the chapter. You know what I'm saying? So it gives you a theme of what the chapter is going to be. So, for instance, <clears throat> so for instance, let's read, I'll pull up one of the Gospels or whatever. So let's say, for instance, you're reading uh the book of Luke, all right? And the first chapter of the book of Luke is going to say on the top, right? Right? Hold on. Let me turn to it real quick. <clears throat> so, for instance, 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on one second. Dang, I can't get through I can't get to this page to save my life right now. Lord have mercy. Hold on. Alright. So once you start. So once you start the book, it's gonna say whatever book on the top. The Gospel of Luke. And then up here is gonna tell you what this first part is about. So the first part of the book of Luke is dedicated is a dedication to Theopolis, right? So you already know when you're reading, okay, this is dedication to Theopolis. And then the next theme is going to be on the top before, and it's going to say, okay, now this is about the birth of John the Baptist. So while you're reading, you're reading, okay, this is about the birth of John the Baptist, right? So pretty much the study Bibles just help you actually understand what you're reading before you read it. So that way you have a clue of what you're reading so you already have an understanding. So make sure you get a study Bible. That's first and foremost. Okay. So that's the, so that's step one. All right. All right. Now step two, <clears throat> when it comes to uh, reading the Bible, is you have to make sure we're doing. We have to read context into everything. So what I mean by context is we have to make sure we understand the context of what we're reading. Okay. So when you're reading whatever book you decide to read, you need to ask yourself questions as far as. Who is this written to? What time period is this written in? Who is this person talking to? Why are they talking to them? What are they trying to communicate? Okay. Those five things. Every chapter, every time. Because if you're reading this. <coughs> right. So for instance. So for instance. Let's pull up. Uh, let me pull up John 3.16 real quick. All right. Oh, my bad. Or let me just pull up John uh, chapter 3 real quickly. So, because you need to really ask yourself, who is it written to? Because you have to remember, the Bible is an ancient book. So, <clears throat> we have to remember the context that it's in, right? And the Bible is written to certain people at a certain time. So, we can't read it super, super literal. So once you actually understand it's written to certain people at a certain time, you get understanding of context of the of the scripture, right? So, <clears throat> so chapter three. So chapter three of John, for instance, right on the top part, the ver uh, the <clears throat> the theme is you must be born again. And as you're reading it, okay, you should already ask yourself, all right. So who's who's okay? So who's writing it? Remember, this is John who's writing this, right? Then. You have to realize, okay, who is he writing this to? Okay, who which is other uh Jews at the time. Okay, then you have to ask, okay, now who like <clears throat> now why is he writing this? You know what I mean? Or what's the what, what settings is it in? Like what city is it in? Right? We have to make sure we're asking ourselves these questions while we're actually reading it, right? Because it's important. That's how we understand the actual context of the script well not the context of it but at least already having the settings because like i said earlier with the last point it sets the tone for the rest of what you're reading okay it sets the tone so before you start a chapter ask yourself okay who's writing it who's he writing to what setting is it in like what like time like what setting is it in like is it in jerusalem is it in bethlehem is it in antioch like where is it at you know what I mean? And what is the purpose of them writing this? You ask yourself those questions every time. That's why, that, So that way you get a better understanding of what's going on in the text. 
okay? Because, like I said earlier, the Bible is, wasn't written directly to us, right? Because America, we wasn't alive for one. America wasn't, a, wasn't established, wasn't thought of, nothing like that at the time. So, obviously, it wasn't written directly to us, but it was written for us. So, since this is a, 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 a book in Scripture that is ancient, when we're going from uh, B.C., <clears throat> When we're going from BC all the way to the first century in AD, right? So we have to we have to read it, understanding and knowing that okay, we have to we have to okay get the what what time period is it? Who's it writing to? Things of that nature, right? That stuff is important, okay? Because for instance, there's a Bible verse that's super important. Like there's a Bible verse that a lot of Christians like to read, and that's Jeremiah, uh, twenty five. I mean, why I say twenty five? Jeremiah, uh, twenty nine. 11 right and let me read it real quickly for people who uh hasn't read it before and i'm, I'm gonna tell you you know why exactly i'll read this in a second so let me see hold on hey where the heck it, hold on every time i i should have just copied and pasted this earlier all right <clears throat> okay all right so Jeremiah 20, line 11, and it says, For I know the plans for, I I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans to prosper you, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, right? Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. You will seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore you. Restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to a place from which I sent you into exile. Okay. So a lot of people like to read this whole context, you know, for I have a plan for you, declares the Lord, the plans to prosper you, not for evil to give you a future and a hope, right? Which when you hear that verse, that's a great verse. That's an uplifting verse. That's a verse that can, you know, really respond to us and stuff like that. But what is the context of it? Right, because some people would just read the verse and that's it, and you just automatically assume, okay, this is just something that is directly to me. Like this is something that's directly to me. He said it directly to me. But if you start at the very beginning of the chapter of Jeremiah twenty, I mean Jeremiah twenty nine, the beginning of it actually the whole theme of the Jeremiah twenty nine is Jeremiah's letter to the exiles. Right, so Jeremiah is an Israelite. Right. And he's writing a letter to his people who has been exiled from God because they were being disobedient and not listening. So they were exiled for they were exiled for a certain period of time. <clears throat> and while they were exiled, Jeremiah is writing them a letter. And and Jeremiah and in verse eleven that I just read, Jeremiah is giving uh encouragement to that. Well, he's giving encouragement to the Israelites pretty much that are exiled. That God hasn't forgotten about them, that he will give them a prosperous future and a hope. Like, Jeremiah is communicating what God is saying to him to say it to his, his fellow Israelites, right? That's what the whole, that's what he, who he's talking to. So, because when you just hear a verse and you just hear it read and stuff like that, like, a lot of people would just automatically assume, like, it's just, like, it's for us. And I'm not saying that God doesn't have a future and a hope for us. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying for this particular, like, for these verses, especially in the Old Testament, right? These are prophet books, right? And these prophet books are explaining and talking about, like, the history of the Israelites a little bit. I mean, the history of the Israelites. And Jeremiah is writing a letter to the Israelites who are exiled at this moment, or who are exiled right now, right? And it's not directly talking to us, 
But if I just read Jeremiah 29, 11, I just said it to you, you would have you would have no idea that Jeremiah, well, God was really speaking to the Israelites and not to us. Right. So it's very important that we are asking ourselves these questions while we're actually reading the scripture. So it can help us understand what we're reading and give us better knowledge of it and understand it. Right. And it's going to follow up to my next point. And then my next point is understand the culture and context. Right. So we've got get a study Bible. We got ask yourself who written it, when did they write it, who they write to, what areas it is, stuff like that. And now we have uh learn about the culture of when it was written in. And this is extremely, extremely important because a lot of the time when we read the Bible, we always read it from a Western lens. But that's not our fault because we grew up, like especially if you're here in America, we grew up in a Western we, we're West, we're Western, right? So our th mindset is Western, like our culture and context in America, how we grew up, we're going to read that into the Bible. And that's how people misinterpret the Bible all the time because they don't, under they don't understand the history and culture and context. This was, because remember, the Bible was written in, a, in the Eastern, ancient Jewish culture and context. So... It's not going to be anywhere comparable to our American, uh, our American cultural context. So we have to make sure we are understanding that as we're reading it, the Bible, right? And that will help you understand that, you know what I'm saying? Cause so, for instance, because there's certain things that are translated but means uh, something totally different, right? Means something totally different because you have to remember the three languages the Bible was written in was Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And those are languages that came way before English, right? So even though something is translated in English, in our English, you know, in our English language, it's it's a certain word, but it has a different meaning back in the ancient world. So for instance, right? Let's just let's just put it out here for context as well. Like there's a whole, you know, in our in our English mind, right? You see the word slaves, right? And automatically we see the word slave or slavery. Right. We automatically think of the transatlantic slave trade. That's automatically what we think of. Right. Of. Slavery is a transatlantic slave trade. <coughs> now. In our English uh, translations is always translated as servant and things of that nature. But in the ancient context, it was translated as slavery. Why? Because you have to remember the Bible is written way before the, uh, way before the transatlantic i'm talking about 2000 years before like year like so many years before the transatlantic slave trade was even a thought of anything like that right it before it happened anything like that right so slavery was actually servant servitude that's what slavery is for and and the slavery that they're talking about in the bible especially in the old testament well, well two different you have you have the servitude slavery that the israelites were doing for one another because um when you were poor, when you didn't have any money, didn't have any land or stuff like that, you would voluntarily become a slave and be a servant to somebody else where they had rules for it. So that way slaves weren't getting mistreated. They weren't being beaten, abused and stuff like that. And then after seven years, they had to be free. You know what I mean? It was a servitude thing versus, you know, the slavery we think in our own American minds as a slave, translating slave trade, which is totally different, right? And then you had... The Egypt, I mean, the uh, when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, you know, that was totally, you know, like there wasn't even a lot of details about that, but that wasn't servitude. That was literally the Egyptians 
uh, enslaving the Israelites, and that's when Moses came and freed God's people, stuff like that, right? So, but my point is, what we see, what my point is, in certain uh, Bible uh, translations, like the older translations, like the ones that are closer to the Hebrew and Greek manuscripts, like you're going to see that it's going to say um, slaves, because that was in the actual text, like that was in the actual uh, manuscripts. Now you have other ones, translations will say servant instead of slaves, right? But back then, that's what slave was, the word was referred to, servitude, serving, right? That's what it meant. Now in our language, in our cultural context, that's what it means. Like, you know, like, like we think of slavery as translating slave trade, and that's not what it is. In that culture, in context, that's not what it means. And that's important because a lot of people have a hard time with that because we keep we can't we can't separate the fact that our culture and context what we're looking at versus history versus the Bible what the Bible is actually talking about right so <clears throat> that's a hard thing or for instance right when the Bible when, when you see Bible verses when it talks about God's a jealous God right the word jealous right jealous so in our English you know context. You think of automatically jealousy, like how bad jealousy is and how, you know, toxic jealousy is. And that's not a good thing, stuff like that. So we see the word jealous as we read the Bible and we're thinking about it from our English culture and context. But if you actually look up like the Hebrew word for jealous, it really means that God is zealous for us, which zealous being zealous is totally different from being jealous, from being a jealous God and stuff like that. Right. So that's what I'm meaning by the culture and context of understanding the time period, because it really will help us understand what is going on back then, right? Instead of reading it from our lens, which I I, I, I can admit is kind of confusing a little bit. Once you understand and in the, in the study Bibles that you get, it will actually break that down for you and help you understand that. You know what I mean? So that way we're not reading it in our own American Western lens, because you have to understand, right? Outside of even this, this Bible issue, right? There's, like, everything is different in every culture, right? Like, in our American culture, like, giving someone eye contact, for the most part, is a sign of you paying attention, a sign of respect, things like that. Where in other places, maybe you look at somebody in the eye, is a sign that you want to fight, a sign you want to do this, a sign you want to do that, right? So, you have to remember that the Bible was not written in American culture. Was way was was way before America was even a thought, the afterthought, any of that. So many years before, right? So when we're reading the Bible, we have to remember that this is a you know this book, this was written in a different culture context, right? So we have to understand the culture and context. I ain't saying you got to be a, a Hebrew or Greek scholar or anything like that, but at least get a, a basic understanding of it. So that way, when you're reading the Bible, and you can understand the history and the context, and you get a better understanding of what's going on right and then another thing to keep in mind too is to understand the books like the purpose of the books of the bible right like like matthew mark luke john acts like you know new testament or genesis exodus leviticus like understanding what type of book it is because the books all are different so for instance the first five books of the, of the old testament Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's called the Pentateuch, right? Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. That's called the Pentateuch, right? So 
the Genesis is really just like the history of how the world started, Adam and Eve, how things got started, things like that. And then Exodus is a book, also a book about um about the Israelites, about how the Israelites were enslaved to Egypt and how God used Moses to free the Israelites, right? And then you got Deuteronomy, you have Leviticus and Numbers, and those are the law books, the law books for the Israelites, right? So those are all five of those books, which is pretty much going to be talking about the history of the world and also uh, the, the history of the Israelites, the beginning part, the law books that were to the Israelites, the law books for the Israelites. And it explains like the old covenant, which majority of the covenant was for the Israelites. OK, except for the moral, except for the moral, uh, the moral covenant, which we are still under today. Right. So that's the first five books. Then the books after that, those are like history books. So, for instance, hold on, let me let me pull up the chart. Okay, so <coughs> then you have Joshua, which is the book about Joshua, who was after Moses, one like kind of the leaders of the Israelites, and then you have the judges, which were before Israelites had a king, and then you have Ruth, and then you have uh first like first Kings to Second Chronicles, which explains like the kings at the time of like the israelites and things like that right there you have the prophet books right and the prophet books are like isaiah jeremiah limitations ezekiel daniel and those are prophets that god used to help communicate to his israelite people right then and then there's major prophets and minor prophets so the major prophets are the ones with the bigger books of the bible like isaiah like daniel like uh Jeremiah, like those guys, those they are bigger books. And then the minor prophets are towards the end of the Old Testament, like Jonah, like Malachi, Hagar, Zechariah, those guys. And those are like mine, they're like smaller books and stuff like that, right? So you're learning about the prophets and learning about what's going on in the time period, how God was still communicating with the Israelites and stuff like that, right? And then you have Psalms, and Psalm is a Hebrew poetry book. So this is a poetry book of the of the of uh, the Hebrews of the or the Israelites. I'm sorry, and they are, you know, you're understanding what's going on by the poetry that they're reading at the time, right? Proverbs is like a wisdom literature book. It's about wisdom, things like that. So us understanding what the book, like what the books of the Bible are about, like making sure we understand what each book of the Bible is about, like what category it falls under, so that way. You don't get confused and try to apply something today that's not supposed to be applied today, because major, pretty much all the all the Old Testament is not applied to us today, okay? Unless you're a Jewish person. If you're a Jewish person, and and, and really that's not applied today either. It's just your history. Jewish, your your the whole Testament is all of the Jewish history. So unless you're a Jewish person back then, this is. This is just history of learning and understanding what was going on, how God was communicating with his people, how the world started, how the laws were back then, things like that. And it's history and understanding what's going on. So then when you get to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the Gospels. The Gospels are the the, the, the stories, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. Okay, so when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are four different people's eyewitness accounts about their encounters with Jesus, right? And learn and, and pretty much talked about Jesus' life. And that's where you learn all about Jesus in those gospels. Then the next book is Acts, 
which Acts is a history book about the, the, the start of the church and the Holy Spirit coming and stuff like that. So that's a history book of how the church started. That's what Acts is. It's a history book. So you don't look at Acts and think, okay, since everything happened in Acts, this is literal. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, like, per se. No. You just learn about the history of uh, the gospel being spread. You learn the history of how the church started. And then you get to the epistle, like the epistles, which the epistles is by Apostle Paul, right? And Paul is writing letters. So he's writing letters to Romans, which is like the Roman Christians, or first and second Corinthians is two of the church in Corinth, Corinthians, right? He's writing to Galatians, which is a church in Galat, which is a church in Galata. So from Romans, pretty much Paul wrote most of the New Testament. So all of his letters are epistles, which are letters to us either a specific person or letters to a specific church. Now, that's the, the things that we apply, right? We apply that. That's what the stuff we actually apply to our lives, right? That's who that those are. We apply like that's how we apply it to our life with the um, with um, what we're looking at, the epistles. OK, then. And then the last book, which is Revelations, which that book is telling you about the the future of oh wait well well first paul is talking to about these other churches at the time that were there and then also then the last then pretty much most of it is literally about the future of about, about how, like it almost like the end of the world type of thing right so we have to make sure we're actually understanding each book and the purpose of each book right and not just applying everything in the bible to us like for instance like I can't stay like I can't stand this where where some people at churches will use David's story, David and Goliath, and then they'll preach it and be like, you know, all right, David, all right, who's the Goliath in your life? Like who's the like that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking. We don't read that. You should read the story of David and Goliath and say, okay, I'm David. There's a Goliath in my life, which is uh pretty much a uh uh, example of some type of, of 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 thing I'm going through and how I'm knocked down that th God can use it because I'm like David and God's gonna remove the Goliath of my life like that's not what the, the scriptures communicated the scriptures just communicated a history event of what happened that's it that's it we don't apply that and try to put it into our lives okay and that's really important because unfortunately people don't exegete the text. Exergy pretty much means reading for what the text actually says, right? That's reading for what the text actually says, not trying to apply that to our life. And eisegy, you might hear a word eisegesis, which pretty much is saying you're putting yourself in the text, saying like you're David, and you have a goal. Like you don't say you're putting yourself into the text, which that's not how the Bible should be read and interpreted. And then... <clears throat> And the last thing to keep in mind, I know this is kind of a lot, you know what I'm saying? But, and I see, like, it might seem like, dang, this, this takes a lot of work to actually read it, which it kind of is a lot of work. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that easily. Like, it is somewhat of a work. But if you actually sit there and put in the time, and once you understand culture and context and how to read it, it's just, it's like that. You'll be able to read it, you know, read it in no time. And uh, the last thing to remember, too, I feel like, is to make sure you understand what predictive and Pre oh, why is it um, 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 uh, I don't know why I can't remember the two words. So pretty much, you have to understand. Okay, 
is this passage something I'm supposed to apply actually to my life, or this passage just something I just need to learn? Is prescriptive? Is no, I'm sorry, I found okay. Is descriptive or prescriptive? So, descriptive is pretty much whatever I'm reading. Is this some? Is this just a passage that I can? Is this just a passage that is just describing something to me? Like descriptive, like it's just describing what's going on. So if it's a descriptive text, I mean, I mean, uh, passage that you're reading, you just look at it or like, okay, I'm just learning about what's happening. It's just describing what's going on. I don't actually take this literally and, and apply it to my life. And then prescriptive is okay. This is something I actually apply to myself, or actually apply right. Which all pretty much all the Old Testament except like Proverbs, because that's a wisdom literature, and, and that's like you know proverbial lineage. And even though um, you know Solomon is writing it, but you kind of apply Proverbs to yourself, right? Because that's a wisdom book, and it's super like when you read it. It's like you need to listen to what like what, what's saying because Solomon's spitting a lot of fire in Proverbs, right? Or maybe some of the Psalms, even though it's Hebrew literature and it's not really going on, but you can kind of get some stuff, a little bit of stuff out of that. But other than that, like all the Old Testament is the it's descriptive. It's just describing what's going on and learning hit history, whether it's history of the kings, whether it's history of the Israelites, whether it's the prophet or a minor or major prophet. Like we're just supposed to look at that and just. All right, I'm supposed to just learn and understand the history of what's going on, stuff like that. It's just descriptive. That's it. Now, New Testament, you learn about the life accounts of Jesus, right? So that's self-explanatory. You just learn about what Jesus did and said and following him for the Gospels. Acts is a history book. Acts is just history of the church and when the Holy Spirit came. So you don't need to – that's a descriptive book. Now, the epistles, all the letters, the rest of the New Testament outside of Revelation – that was what we apply. Those are prescriptive texts, okay? So those are important because the reason why I know that is so you can help protect yourself, right? Because some people learn the incorrect way and they'll apply things that to them in Scripture that should be applied to them or they'll take it too literal. And that's where you got all these other different movements out here that misinterpret Scripture and things like that. and I'm trying to help you like protect yourself and actually learn the right thing and actually have the real authentic relationship with Christ instead of certain man-made stuff. So it's really important that we understand if it's describing something to us or it's pre like prescriptive something to us, something that we can apply to our life. And I'm probably saying the, the second word wrong, so forgive me if you know. If you, but so pretty much. Before you also read the Bible, too, and I should have said this earlier, but we have to make sure you pray as well. Pray to God to help you understand what you're like, what you're reading. Like, God, like when you pray to God before you read the Bible, God will help you understand the text. Right. And understand what you need to learn from it and things of that nature. So make sure you're always praying before you always read the Bible. That's also one of the most important steps as well. That should have said that first, but it just hit me now. So pretty much just to wrap up. Cause I've been on here for 40 minutes. I, I knew I was going to go way longer than I don't know why I'm saying I'm trying to do this quick, but I can't. So pretty much, <coughs> when you read the Bible, make sure you pray. Make sure you um, make sure you are using a study Bible, a Bible that actually breaks down the scripture and actually gives you breakdown on each book so you can learn the, you know all the different stuff, right? Make sure you get a study Bible. Make sure... You're asking yourself 
these questions. Who is writing it? Who is he writing it to? Where is it at? You know, where, like, where is it at in this part of the, of the chapter? <clears throat> where is it going on? You know what I mean? Like, ask yourself those questions to help you give a better understanding. Then also remember to know the, the, the culture in context is written in. Understand the culture in context. That is key. So that way we're not reading it. You're not continuing to read it through your Western lens. Because remember, because remember, the Bible is not written directly to us, but it's for us. Okay. Also, remember what each book of the Bible is. Like, remember the categories is it. Remember that part of it. So that way you have a better understanding as well. Remember the categories it falls under. Remember the Gospels is the first four books. Like the the uh, um. The, the life of Jesus, the Gospels, or remember the first five books of the Old Testament, which is like the Pentateuch, which is the law books in the history, and the beginning, and the start, and understanding the history of the world, things like that, right? Remember that stuff, because <clears throat> that stuff is important. <clears throat> and then also remember what's describing and what's something that's told us to actually apply it, okay? So if you're reading Old Testament stuff, you know, especially if you're not a Jewish person, it's not, it's not, you're not, you're not going to apply that. That's just history of the Israelites, history of the Hebrews, like history of the kings and rulers at the time, uh, understanding the prophets and how they spoke to God's people, stuff like that. That's not, you're not applying that to you. You don't apply that to you. Okay. You don't apply that to you. Now, New Testament, the stuff of Jesus life. Yes. Obviously, like um, as far as not trying to do certain healing and stuff like that. We're not Jesus. But as far as learning about Jesus' character and stuff like that in the Gospels and learning who he is, you can probably apply some of that as far as his character is concerned. But I'm not talking about the healings and the stuff he did and him getting crucified. No, that doesn't apply to you. The Book of Acts, history book about the church. You don't apply that to you. The, the letters of the church that God, that Paul is writing the letters to the church and they're going through certain human things that we are going through different problems and stuff like that. And Paul is helping the church out. That's what we apply. Okay. We apply that to us. Oh, yeah, we also apply the Ten Commandments to us because that's a moral thing, and that applies to everybody. My bad. I forgot. Let me mention that too, right? So, but that's the stuff you actually apply, okay? So, hopefully, I pray that this was helpful. Um, I know it might seem a tad bit complicated, but I well, not to mention, this is God's book to us. So, it's not going to be like, okay, I'm going to give you a book of, like, like, um, I don't know, like 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 a Harry Potter book or something like that. I'm not gonna give you or 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 any other book that's easy to read immediately and stuff like that. No, like when it comes to God's book, you know, because God, even though there's a big understanding of God, but there's still things about God that can be complicated stuff like that. So the book should take time and energy to read. But when you read the Bible and actually read God's word, that's how we get a better understanding of God. That's how we grow our relationship with God, and it's actually really benefit beneficial when we read the bible because that's how god actually speaks to us that's how we learn about him that's how we grow our relationship with him not just praying not just going to sunday service or just serving in the ministry and then leaving and then no you spend the time in god's word that's how you get a personal understanding and growth in your relationship with god you know what i'm saying i'm not saying going to sunday service is bad I'm not saying praying is bad obviously you know obviously those things are not but if you want to actually grow and learn and have a relationship with Christ is through his word. It's through the Bible. Not just praying on your own and then just doing whatever you want throughout the week. Or not just going to Sunday service and serving on a coffee bar or, you know, things of that nature. Or even if you're, like, serving on the, like, on the singing team or something like that. No. 
Even even if you're if even if you're leading a ministry, you still need to be in God's word. Actually, be in God's word to spend time with Him, not to teach a lesson. Not to you only, you, only, you know, and, and sometimes if you if you teach a lot, you can catch yourself in this. But spending time with God, not just spending time in the Bible just to find your next lesson, but spending time with God and actually reading His word and learning. So, I hope this video was helpful. Um, I don't know. I might. I don't know. I keep saying I'm going to do a series, but I kind of want to do a series. But I want to make sure people actually engage and actually care about if I'm going to do a whole series. Because I feel like when it comes to reading the Bible, it should be a whole series. And for each step I kind of talked about, it's way more deaf stuff that, you, you know, we can actually go over. But I didn't want to bore y'all with all that stuff. I just wanted to put out the basic few steps on how to read the Bible so that way you guys can start to apply this to yourselves and actually help yourselves learn how to read God's beautiful and errant word so all right that's pretty much all i got for you guys until next time be stay blessed love you peace